Hello again, and welcome to the second edition of our Hot Sheet podcast, which we started last week uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm Josh Norris, and this is Jeff Ponce from Worcester, Massachusetts. And uh, you know, we're we're we don't have a name for this podcast. It could be the just the Hot Sheet podcast, but since I go by the Bear and he goes by the Parrot, it could be Bear and Parrot podcast. And nobody really knows that Parrot nickname outside <laughs> of our Slack, but I've suggested uh, Grin and Parrot. Uh, and uh, uh, a wing and a bear, um, <laughs> but either way, it's it's two two filthy animals podcasting at ten thirty in the morning about hot sheet. Um, well, this week's hot sheet is led by uh, a guy who is neither a bear nor a parrot, uh, but really a man among boys, and that's uh, Davison De Los Santos with the um, Low A Vizelia affiliate of the Diamondbacks and. Uh, that man's built to crush, and crush he did this week. Uh, with uh, let's see, what did, what did his stats look like this week, baby? Uh, 577, 607, 885. If you're into that sort of thing, um, he's a triple, two bombs, six RBIs, two walks, five punch outs, and as the write up notes, he turned 19, so it's his birthday, and he'll mash if you want to. Shout out Leslie Gore. Nobody's going to get that because I'm secretly 37 going on 87. So there you have it, folks. <laughs> Leslie Gore reference on a freewheeling hot sheet podcast. Uh, what do you like about Davison De Los Santos, Jeff? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, the the massive power um, that De Los Santos possesses. Um, there's always going to be some some hit tool questions just sort of based on you know, the, the sort of player that, that uh, De Los Santos is. Um, but I think you sort of take that trade off um, when you consider, you know, how explosive he can be when he's on, um, you know, in particular against, uh, against right-handed pitching. Um, you know, he does a lot of damage it's where a lot of the power comes from. Um, but, you know, that being said, you know, across the board, just even, uh this season in general he's he's hit for you know a fair amount of average um regardless of sort of um, being aggressive in terms of swinging and expanding outside of the zone there's certainly some zone miss but it's not too too bad um and he's you know about a 67 68 contact guy so he's about fringe you know below average contact but you know when you're a guy that uh is 19 years old and you know you have max exit velocity numbers that you know are online with major league sluggers um that's something to get excited about you know um just kind of looking at the data here he's somebody that averages 90.5 miles per hour in terms of his average exit velocity is 90th percentiles or between 106 pushing 107 um and he's hit a ball 114 this year as well so um i think when you put that into uh <clears throat> You know into context it's just this is a 19 year old with plus plus power and you know could develop into one of the better power hitters in the game and i think the scary thing is is he's a pretty flat um attack angle launch angle guy um you know his average launch angle angles josh are like one to two degrees so he he's not even necessarily selling out in terms of his bat path for power um He's just he's just got that natural thump uh, in the barrel. So I think there's a lot to be excited about him. Um, and 
you know, I know the California League still has some hitting parks, but it's not like it was years ago. I know this is one of Kyle Glazer, our teammates, favorite things to say. You know, it's not like it was years ago when you had Lancaster, when you had High Desert. Some of those parks have now been eliminated. So um, it's not, you know, the numbers aren't necessarily as gaudy as they had been years ago and less trustworthy um, in the California League. So De Los Santos guy, definitely arrow up for me. Um, for sure. You know, I, I, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with Davison myself seeing as he's on, uh, you know, the West Coast in, in Glazer territory. Um, although I did catch him on the final day of spring training this year, or at least my spring training. And yeah. um, uh, to say that young man is powerful is, I mean, you just said it, <laughs> is, is an understatement. He hit a home run for me with my slow-mo cam that I missed the first swing. And I thought, oh, I was running from the other field, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I thought, ah, what a, a bad moment to miss. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's another one, probably next at bat, or at least a couple of bats later that was even farther, like 400-something oppo. You know what? If it weren't for the, the only reason I would have preferred the other swing is because the lighting issue was a little weird at that time. But other than that, Thank you for that wonderful swing, Mr. De Los Santos, to close my spring training trip. So he shined in late March. He's shining in late June. The good prospect, and if you're a, a, a person in Hillsborough, Oregon, maybe look out for him later in the year. Uh, join the hops for the second half playoff run. Now, to be clear, I'm not announcing a promotion or anything, just you know, natural <laughs> progression of things. Don't get too excited up there in, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, number two on the list is not a hitter, but actually the opposite of that, a pitcher. Uh, his name is Kyle Harrison, and he had himself a week uh, with the Richmond Flying Squirrels uh, on the verge of their first playoff appearance in 2014. He took the ball for the second time of the week and struck out 11 guys over seven two-run innings. Um, which is pretty good, I think. I mean, I'm not the big analytics guy like you, but I think that's good. What I did, <laughs> what I did notice is uh, it's kind of amazing. He struck out 11 guys and got nine swinging strikes all day. So he got a lot of foul balls and a lot of called third strikes. I was just, I just went back and looked at the game day. I was like, all right, there must be a ton of these. Not so much, but you know, I, I love Kyle Harrison for the, the numbers that I have access to. You love Kyle Harrison for the numbers you have access to. And the Giants love Kyle Harrison for the combination of all of them. So what do you see in the data, Jeff, uh, about uh, Mr. Kyle, 20 years old, leading the minor league in strikeouts, 38.6% strikeout rate over his career, Harrison? Yeah, and it's funny. I had gotten into it a little bit with uh, one of my friends, uh, Nate Hardy from um, Pitcher List, actually, over Harrison. and. Um, he comes out this week and he makes me look really smart <laughs> with a, with a, with a great performance, um, over a couple of starts here. But, you know, I think the thing that, that I really like about Kyle Harrison, it's, it's one of the characteristics with pitchers and especially as we're getting into the analytics and the numbers that I gravitate toward. And that's guys that have lower release heights, um, flatter approach angles on their fastballs. And when they have an interesting movement type that isn't just um, sort of what we typically associate with that profile, which is more of an efficient four-seam fastball, we throw a little bit lower. A couple of guys that are good examples of lower launch are Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole. Um, Harrison, obviously, if you've seen him throw a baseball, um, he's left-handed, number one. But 
just in terms of, of how the ball comes out of his hands, he's in lower slot. He's very unique in terms of the orientation of the ball when it comes out. So the fact that he's able to create sort of efficiency at that release point, get that flat approach angle. I mean, he is right on right in line with DeGrom and, and Cole in terms of um, that really outlier sort of vertical approach angle. <clears throat> it's the reason he's got a 40% whiff rate on his fastball. That is ungodly. Um, really anything above 30%, even high 20s on a four-seamer, because you got to figure you're throwing it so much more than your secondaries. Um, when you have that sort of a, a swing and miss rate on your fastball, that's that's significant. Um, and he pairs it with a really good slider that I think is only going to get better as he throws it harder and adds sort of those man muscles over the coming years. And uh, he's got a pretty good changeup as well that gets results. So um, it's a, it's a good three pitch mix. I think he really knows who he is. Um, and because of the quality of that fastball and his ability to throw enough strikes with a slider and change up and also get guys to expand the zone. Um, I think it's a really, really, uh, interesting profile. And the funny thing is when you look at him, I think that as a pitcher, the pitchability side of things, Harrison's still going to grow and develop over the coming years. And that's kind of a scary development if he continues to keep this level of stuff, keeps the health and maintains all that, those things that, you know, are always a concern with any pitching prospect. But um, Harrison, to me, is, you know, probably one of my five favorite pitching prospects that's out there right now. I'd, I'd have to concur with that uh, assessment. I mean, I'd put him, uh, let's see, five favorite pitching prospects. I'm not going to name them all right now because this is supposed to be a quick podcast. Yuri, Yuri one, Yuri, Yuri two, Yuri three, Yuri four, Kyle Harrison five. No, I mean it's, it <laughs> is a Dylon, 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 Dylon sort of situation. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but you know no, it's it's I think I made this. I don't know if I had noticed this on last podcast, but or somewhere in Slack. But like usually since I travel around a lot, or in previous years I do. I've seen usually all my prospect crushes, but I've never seen Kyle Harrison. I had planned to this week, but thank you, Ford Motor Company. Um, and I've never seen Yuri Perez. You have, you lucky, lucky parrot. Um, and there's other guys out there I haven't seen that I really want to see, but you know, Kyle Harrison and Yuri Perez are at the top of my list. Um, for oh, Daniel Espino, who I'd planned to see before. Uh, oh, we both did. For, poor for him, <laughs> poorly for him. Um, Waldachuk would be a guy I have never seen before. Would like to see at least once. I know you've seen him before. So you are living my yeah. dreams, sir. How I'm is getting it? your dreams? You're living my dreams, and I think that's. Rude. I don't get Chorio though. You don't get Chorio, but someday you will. And I someday I bet you. I bet you you have a pretty good chance of seeing him in a couple of weeks. Um, but hope. but anyway, um, right now what we have to do is take an ad break. So we are going to pause right here before we get back into the podcast right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. 
I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. Uh, we're moving further down the hot sheet, and we're going to talk about another one of my favorite podcasts. Podca another one of my favorite prospects. We're just going to plow on through. I'm not perfect. Jeff's not perfect. And sometimes we blend podcast and prospect into a word. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking about Evan Carter with the, with the Hickory Crawdads, the Texas Rangers. You know, we put him on the hot sheet a couple weeks ago, and then as almost uh, fate would have it, he went in the tank immediately. And I felt real bad about it. I thought, oh, this is bad. Everybody, I've been talking him up. And you did, do a little digging around because we've got midseason updates coming out soon. And you find out right around that time, he fouled a ball off his foot. And when he did that, he got into some bad habits in the box. And those unnecess or unnecessarily, uh, unsurprisingly affected his hitting. So it took him a while to come out of that. But now that he has and the foot's feeling better, he's hitting again. And he's showing that insane combination of plate discipline, strike zone knowledge, a little sprinkling of power here and there, speed. The, the center field defense doesn't really show up in the batting line, but it's there, darn it. Um, I mean, this week, you know, I, I it was more walks and strikeouts. Um, he's close to that. I think it's 42 strikeouts, 35 walks career or something like that. I know I looked this up last night, um, but he's a really tantalizing prospect. And the top of the Ranger system is pretty strong. There are some in the organization who would argue for Carter over everyone. That's, you know, lighter. That's Duran technically because mm -hmm. he got sent back down. That's Dustin Harris, guys like that. He got the, he, he is in some eyes above all of them. And, you know, it's really stunning to think that this guy was such an under-the-radar draft prospect a couple of years ago. He's still 19 years old, one of the youngest players at his level. Um, I had some stat yesterday that I will, you know, he's that I will look up for just a second here that while, while we're talking, if I can fumfer my way through a, a Twitter search here to see what I wrote. Uh, give me a second here. I wrote that. Fumfering, 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 fumfering. There are 11 teenagers in the minor leagues with 200 or more plate appearances this year and a swinging strike rate below 10%. The only one above low A is Evan Carter. So I, again, am not super analytical, man. I don't have access to a lot of data, but I think those things are good. Tell me why I'm right, yes. Jeff. <laughs> well, uh, being that young and being able to make that level of contact consistently and not swing and miss is, uh, is always a pretty good thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not much that you could knock there. Um, I think the other thing with Carter too, is just that the pitch recognition is absurd. Um, that's sort of where he stands out to me. Um, and it's, it's really since the moment he stepped into pro ball, 
Um, there's an element of sort of, you know, is he too passive? Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, he's not somebody that swings a lot. Um, but when you look at the fact that, you know, he's somebody that's making contact at a plus rate around 80%, um, just sort of a threshold that I look for. Uh, his chase rate is below 20%. Um, you know, he's a, he's a nearly 90% con, uh, zone contact guy. So when he swings and misses, uh, swings at pitches in the zone, nine out of 10 times, he's going to make contact with that pitch. Um, you know, when we talk about baseline approach, baseline contact, he has that in spades. Uh, and he has the, I think he has the ability to, to elevate as well. Um, you know, he's had max velocities that are up to like 109, 110. When you consider how young he is, um, the fact that he's 6'4", but, you know, sub 200 pounds. So there's, this is my favorite term apparently, but there's, there's going to be some more strength he's going to put on there. Um, man muscles. Man muscles, exactly. I'm waiting um, for those. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think that when you, you sort of look at that player, the culmination of those things, the fact that he can, he's got defensive value as well, can play all three outfield positions. Um, you know, I think that's, I think that's a player that's going to be an everyday regular. Um, and it's funny, it just kind of going a quick aside here. When you have a guy that can play center field, right field, left field, um, it makes it a lot easier to get that guy up to the majors and in the lineup to fill a spot. Um, you know, I think that's sometimes an underrated thing with prospects. It's like, how versatile are they defensively? Can they, because we see it a lot. We see guys that maybe are third baseman that end up coming up and seeing a majority of their time in the big leagues, at least to the early point of their careers at different positions, second base, a guy is a center fielder and ends up playing left field or right field or whatever. So, you know, I think the fact that, that he is that versatile and has the kind of skill set where he's athletic, he moves well, sees pitches well, he's good in the outfield. He's a guy that can fit into a lot of different roles. I think there's a lot of pathways for success uh, at the big league level. So I, I'm in yeah. on, on Carter. I think he's a guy that's going to continue to climb uh, month after month, year after year here, up until his major league debut. And now I'm going to serve one up to you on a platter because you are, as Matt Eddy calls, the pitching whisperer. We saw that on the Kyle Harrison. <laughs> the Kyle, you know, you, I mean, it's literal. You do walk up to a lot of pitchers and whisper sweet something in their ears. ear. Yes. <laughs> you can save 10% on your car insurance by switching to <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, um, anyway, uh, I'm going to serve you Griff McGarry on a platter. He is yeah. your kind of guy. Exactly. And we had Good a platter. very, very faux uh, argument about the best rotation in the minors, whether it's uh, a Vancouver with some of your boys, Ricky Tiedemann, uh, Stem Robertsi, uh, Josver Zulueta, uh, Trent Palmer, I think, is still there, and Jersey Shore. No, Trent, Trent in, uh, Trent's in New Hampshire. He's been there for about a month now. My apologies, Trent. Enjoy Manchester. Yes. He's a Fisher um, cat. Fisher cat. No um, longer Canadian. Did you know Fisher cats and fishing cats are different animals? Wild. Anyway. Uh, yes, we have other, fisher cats in my town, actually. They're, but they, but you know uh, there was another animal called the fishing cat. There's I, two of them. We just no, but that sounds them. like that sounds like an SNL skit from the eighties. <laughs> we just uh, uh, you know we just ran out of names for animals. Oh, what does this one do? It fishes. Oh, the fisher cat. Well, that one fishes too. That's a fishing cat. It's present tense. Um, anyway, uh, we were talking about the best rotations in the minor leagues. Uh, 
Jersey Shore was in that mix uh, with Griff McGarry and Mick Abel and Ben Brown and Andrew Painter. And we talked about Vancouver and you stuck up for Akron with Logan Brown yes. and when he's healthy, uh, 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 Daniel Espino, Gavin Williams, Hunter Gaddis, uh, Joe, uh, Joe, well, Joey Cantillo, guys like that. It was a very spirited faux argument that no one's feelings got hurt. But anyway, no. all this to say, Griff McGarry's on the hot sheet. Tell us why he's good. <laughs> Yeah, McGarry is a is another guy that has um, low launch and and a flat vertical approach angle, very similar to Kyle Harrison on the fastball. They're both guys that have good fastballs. I like players that have good fastballs because it's so much easier when a guy has a good fastball to play everything off of that. You don't have to hide it so much, which we're seeing more and more of because guys are such good fastball hitters in the minors. As you move up to the major leagues, of course, they only get better at that skill. Um, so if you have a good one, you can actually use it. I think it's really important. McGarry is a guy that struggled to find consistency at UVA. He's always shown flashes. There's still some consistency issues here. I felt like recently, particularly over the last few weeks, he's really found more consistently. We're seeing the nasty Griff McGarry. He's a guy that's got an even flatter approach angle. He's a complete outlier in terms of that metric. Um, He's, he's flatter than Cole. He's flatter than DeGrom. He's flatter than Kyle Harrison that we talked about earlier. He's another guy that gets a lot of ride on his fastball. He's lower release. He's also a guy that gets a ton of spin and gets a lot of movement, which is, which is rare, getting that velocity, the flat approach, the high spin, and the spin that contributes to actual movement. He's sort of a rarity in that sense. Um, he sits 95 in the fastball. He throws a lot of fastballs, too. Um, he'll ramp it up to 98, 99, could touch 100. I don't think he actually technically has touched 100 this year, but he's close. Um, his slider is his primary secondary. He gets a, a lot of swings and misses on that. The issue more for me here is the strike rate on the secondaries. He starts to more consistently land his secondaries, um, particularly his slider, uh, and his changeup, I think it's going to take him to another level. He's been doing that a little bit more lately. Um, but he's a guy that throws a lot of pitches, too. He has legitimately a cutter, uh, a sweeper slider that gets, you know, over a foot of um, horizontal break. He has a curveball that has a lot of horizontal break, just but has more depth than the slider. So they are different pitches. Um, and then he's got a changeup that, you know, he kills a lot of lift on. I've talked about that in the off season. Um, I think when you look at an ideal sort of pitch shape mix, just from a shape perspective, velocity perspective, McGarry might have one of my favorite pitch mixes in the minors. So if he's able to tighten up and throw just enough strikes, um, he's got the kind of stuff that, you know, if it all sort of congeals and, you know, I always kind of use the analogy of a cake that, you know, if it all fully bakes, you know, this guy could be uh, cake boss. I mean, this could be one of the best arms in the minors. He's in Jersey, too, so the cake boss thing works. I mean, I don't know nothing about no cake bosses, but I will take your word. Uh, and yes, he is in New Jersey. We can verify that. Um, so you've talked about Griff McGarry. I've talked about Evan Carter. Let's see. Anybody else on the old sheet of heat? that we want to talk about. Oh, I mentioned uh, Oscar Kolos. He's had a bit of a, uh, an up-down season with uh, high A Winston-Salem. You know, he had a really good first month, 
not so good second month that included an injury. And this year, uh, this month, June, he's been uh, nails. And as I, I, I really wanted to note there that just going through the video yesterday, just to kind of clear out some of my hard drives or video cards, I took a look at a swing of his from the first half, our first half, first series, and a swing of his from the most recent series. And you can see just really clearly that even if you didn't slow it down, that he's made a change. In the first series, he had a big exaggerated leg kick, and now he's kind of got this pivot toe tap thing going on with his front foot. And I don't know if it's a one-to-one, -one, this is why he's succeeding again, or if he's just healthy again, sort of scenario, but it seems to have made a difference. And, you know, he got on there this week. He's, I mean, I assume at 23 years old, he's probably getting ready to, uh, to move on up to double A. Now, again, people are bringing him. I am not announcing a promotion. I am just suggesting what might be coming. Um, let's see who else we got here. Uh, Alec, Bur Alec Burles. Go ahead. Oh, yes. No, go, go ahead. right ahead on Alec. Burles. I was going to say Alec Burleson <laughs> crushed this week as he's been doing all year long and earned himself the number 100 spot on our top 100 uh, yeah. as you are reading this. So you know, he filled in at number nine, and Jeff had one more guy he wanted to mention. Yeah, right next to him at, at 10. And this is a guy that I've seen a lot over the last couple of years. And I think he's a fascinating player for a variety of reasons. But uh, Samad Taylor from the Blue Jays had a big week this week, went eight for 22 at six runs, four home runs. Um, and I think the thing that that I'm always most sort of impressed by with Samad is the bat speed. There's just a ton of sort of uh, explosiveness in a really small frame. If you've seen him, I mean, maybe he's 5'10", 5'11", in terms of height, but he's he's pretty um, um, small in terms of stature. He's not really a broad guy at all. Strong, twitchy, all those sort of things. But um, he was left off the 40-man roster this offseason after having a really good season with Double with, with A New Hampshire. Um, I felt like he homered every time I saw him. I saw him earlier this year with Buffalo when they were in town in Worcester for a series and same deal. Uh, I saw, <laughs> I saw him Homer in one of the games and play, you know, uh, uh, and just have some, a, a couple of explosive showings, but I find him interesting because he's not on the 40 man roster, but he's made some significant changes. And I mentioned it here too. Um, you know, he's really sort of cut down on the swing and miss the contact rate, the chase rate, the end zone whiff is up. The power is down a little bit, but I mean, he's still slugging 444 as somebody that, you know, is a, a plus plus base runner. Uh, he's got 23 steals this year. I think he's got about nine homers. Um, so there's some power and speed there. I, you know, he's played second base. He's played left field. He's not a great defensive player, despite the athleticism and the twitch. I, I do think this is a guy, probably not with the Blue Jays or a competitive team, I think this is somebody that maybe ends up with like a second division team. We talk about a second division regular. I think he could be a really exciting second division regular that gets a full uh, uh, time gig with one of these teams, whether it's you know the Nationals, the Athletics. Don't want to keep on calling out these teams, but you know who I mean. If there's opportunity there and a trade to be made coming up to the deadline, Taylor seems like a guy that should be included, and I honestly think he could step in day one and contribute to a major league team play a few different positions, hit some homers, steal some bases, maybe get some of the fantasy fans out there uh, excited. Could be a guy in your deeper leagues if he's out there, maybe worth adding. Um, I find Samad to be really interesting because the, the opinions from scouts and evaluators are really sort of all over the place in terms of what they think he is. Um, 
But I think at this point with what he's done in AAA, it, it's hard to not deny that he deserves a shot at some major league service time. I, I think he's a big, a big league player. Well, that is a perfect way to segue into the end of this podcast. You mentioned the trade deadline. Uh, that's one, two, 31, 33 days away. Uh, we yeah. are working on putting out our midseason lists come on, uh, coming up uh, next week, I believe. So we're, yeah. we're efforting on those. And besides yeah. the pro stuff, we are um, we got big, uh, but the College World Series just finished up. The PDP League is in carry. The College National Team is also in carry. Uh, a lot of stuff's rolling on, so there could be a lot of updates. Yes, Cape Cod League, Jeff points to his hat, which is not in carry. It should be the Carry Cod League. Um, yeah, oh, his, his face, you can't see it because it's a podcast. Visual jokes on a podcast. Uh, just got stirred. He looked like he'd seen a ghost with a knife. It was bad. Uh, now he's wagging his finger at me for some reason. Um, but in any case, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of content that's going to be going up. I know Jeff is going to be caping it up for a while with the occasional pro game mixed in as he sees fit. I am going to do whatever my uh, motor coach allows me to do. Um, again, don't put a clutch in an automatic. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. It's like putting hands on a digital watch. Don't do it. Um, but anyway, for this is that's the end of the second uh, hot sheet podcast. Grin and parrot, wing and a bear, whatever you want to call it. I, we shouldn't call it either of those two things because, you know, there's going to be days where I'm not in the mix and it's just going to be a, a, a two humans or something podcasting about baseball. <laughs> Boring. Anyway, um, I've had a lot of caffeine already. Uh, for Jeff no. Pontus, for, for Jeff in, 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 um, in, in Worcester. Wherever you, Worcester, in Worcester, the home of the Woo Sox and Paws and Socks are back. For Jeff, I'm Josh saying thank you for listening and keep it locked to Baseball America for all of our sense and our nonsense. Thank you.